Welcome to the Art and Science of Joy podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Joy Power Break series. In each episode of the series, I'll be giving you a highlights tour of a superpower, which we have recently covered in depth in the Joy Superpower series. So why not grab a cup of tea or coffee, sit back and enjoy 10 minutes in my company as we reflect this week on the art and science of assertive communication. We started our exploration of this topic by digging into what the science says about communication and gender. Have you ever felt like the dynamics of your conversations change when they're between cross-gender participants? Suddenly you're talking about different topics than normally, you change your tone of voice, or give more space to someone else. Well, there's actually a scientific background to it. Sociolinguists have studied from many angles how and why women and men speak differently. So I'd like to focus today on just a couple. Firstly, the feminine correctness. One consistent finding is that women tend to speak more correctly, using more standard forms than men. For example, multiple negations such as, I don't know nothing about it, are much more common amongst men than women. One study by Holmes in 2013 in Edinburgh showed that children as young as six have already picked up the pattern. Why do you think this is? Some theories explain this by framing language as a capital that can be used to impress others in situations where the speaker only has a few sources of prestige. Similarly, others, including Holmes, explain this by the society's hierarchy claiming that language is a way for women to be polite in a man's world and to thus gain status. I personally imagine this can vary very much from country to country and by other factors such as education or social status. I wonder how you see this in your own social circles. I like the way Janet Holmes flips the question on its head and asks, why should standard or correct behavior need explaining? It is men's speech which uses fewer standard forms, not women's. Research tells us that there is some evidence that vernacular or informal forms carry connotations of masculinity and toughness. Next, we explored how language and gender relate to one of my favorite topics, cooperation or competition. Again, I want to quote Janet Holmes when she asks, if you had to put your money on the likely gender of the shouters, versus the listeners, what would you venture? I know what my answer would be, but let's see what the science says. Holmes goes on to explain that if we go back in time, we see that men's socialization context arise from public situations that promote winning. This is typically the case in work life and decision-making. The norms for women's talk go back to private contexts like friends and family, thus emphasizing solidarity and agreement. The consequences of this can be seen in women's mitigated way of interacting, as well as in men's tendency to interrupt. The linguistic Robert Lakoff was the first to suggest a list of linguistic features preferred by women. This list includes lexical hedges, such as, you know, sort of, tag questions such as, isn't it? And intensifiers such as, just, so. 
When it comes to interrupting, the best known study in this field is by Zimmerman and West, conducted in 1975, when they looked at students' conversations in public places. Again, thinking about your own friends and work colleagues, do you see this playing out? Are your female friends more generally hesitant in their language? And are the males more likely to interrupt you? And how about yourself? Do you have a hard time expressing your will without hurting others? Or do you have a tendency to interrupt? I know I've struggled with both to varying degrees in my life and still find myself slipping into either trap in certain communication contexts. For example, when I have to manage a difficult work situation, such as giving negative feedback, I can find myself becoming hesitant with my language. So I was also personally excited when we decided to explore the joy superpower of assertive communication, which could be seen to be very much as the golden middle road of communication. According to Alberti and Emmons from their research back in 1970, any action that reflects an individual's own best interest, including standing up for oneself without significant anxiety, expressing one's feeling comfortably, or exercising one's own rights without denying the rights of others, counts as assertive behavior. Assertive communication not only empowers women to be heard, but it also offers men a more up-to-date alternative to either stepping on others' toes or not fitting into the norms of masculinity. I was even more excited when in the fifth episode of the Joy Superpower series, I had the chance to discuss with Paulette Dale about assertive communication and the connection between language use and well-being. Paulette is a professor in linguistics and communication and author of the book, Did You Say Something, Susan? Here are the key messages from our discussion. Yes, language can construct the world, says Paulette. She reminds us that words are a powerful tool that not only impact the vision we have of others, but also the vision we have of ourselves. The way we describe others and ourselves might turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy, so to speak. If we think of children or people that have been gaslighted, for example, we can easily see how phrases like you're too sensitive, or you're not going to succeed, will turn into truths for those concerned. Likewise, using demeaning language minimizes the value of the person in question. Maybe take a moment now to think about how language used by people in authority over you, such as parents, teachers, bosses, has impacted or is still impacting your vision of yourself, as well as how your own language has impacted or is still impacting people you have authority over, such as your children and employees. The positive side of this same truth is that language can change the world for the positive. For example, by choosing to compliment others, we can give people faith in their own abilities. Complimenting is an assertive act because it requires us to overcome the fear of the receiver's response. So take a moment to reflect on when was the last time you complimented someone. And why not take a moment today to give some compliments to people you haven't complimented in a while? Paulette went on to talk about assertiveness and equality. She reminded us that assertiveness is often confused with aggressiveness. Assertiveness is standing up for yourself, yes, but it's expressing feelings directly and firmly whilst establishing equal relationships 
that take both people's emotions into account. Since communication is the base for our relationships, and relationships are some of the greatest sources of satisfaction in our lives, it's crucial to know how to express ourselves assertively without giving in or stepping on others' toes. Paulette quoted research by the Mayo Clinic, which demonstrates that assertiveness helps you build self-confidence and honest relationships. It also enables you to get in touch with your feelings. Doing things to please others causes anger, whereas forcing your way makes others avoid you. Cultivating assertiveness, on the other hand, respects both your and your discussion partner's opinion. Paulette Dale reminds us that being liked and being respected are not mutually exclusive. According to Paulette, especially women are still being socialized to keep the peace at the cost of expressing diverging but important opinions. If you feel like you're not listened to, then you might want to try out these tips. Tip number one, cut the tag questions. Tag questions like, isn't it, are great in informal conversations, but in the public sphere, they make you come across as insecure. Instead, a thank you and please will ensure politeness without risking your credibility. Tip number two, don't let yourself become interrupted. If it's about a meeting, ask the meeting leader beforehand to intervene in case someone tries to steal your turn. If there's an habitual interrupter, talk with him or her beforehand. Raising your hand and asking to finish your turn is also a powerful tool. Tip number three, avoid vocal fillers. If in the middle of your turn, you take a moment of reflection, prefer silence over um, uhs. It signals that you're thinking instead of hesitating. So do you feel you master the superpower of assertive communication? Or on the contrary, do you often find yourself saying yes when you want to say no? No matter where you are today, if you are interested in developing your assertive communication joy power, you could do worse than reading Paulette's book on the topic entitled, Did You Say Something, Susan? I hope you, our listeners, feel inspired and empowered by this little joy power break to use the power of assertive communication to add more joy to your own life as well as to the lives of others. If so, please visit our website, theartandscienceofjoy.com, to read more about assertive communication or to listen to the full episode of the podcast with Paulette Dale, which you can also find on your favorite podcast platform by searching for The Art and Science of Joy. Whilst there, why not subscribe to our podcast and join us as we explore more and more joy superpowers? And why not hop on social media and using the hashtag joy superpowers, share your own experiences with assertive communication. We certainly love to hear your stories. And if you don't already do so, please follow the Art and Science of Joy on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Come and join in the conversation and help us spread the power of joy. Why not start by simply sharing with others what brings you joy today? Thanks once again for listening. And I hope you tune in for the next Joy Power Break episode when I'll be giving a highlights tour on the art and science of overcoming anxiety. Until then, farewell and be joyful.